Hello, welcome to Influence Weekly, The Takeaway, where we go through the newsletter and I give you just the stuff you need to know. Uh, hope your Monday morning and Monday's going great. Uh, please uh, make sure to read the newsletter if you can. If you skipped it this week and want to get all of the stuff from here, the audio version, um, you're going to get a lot of it, but I'm not going to go through every single thing. The ones we do go over, I will give you a key interesting takeaway. And uh, I hope you get something pretty awesome from this week's newsletter. Um, starting off, the, the sponsor was uh, Social Publi, and they had a fashion influencer survey where they surveyed a thousand of their influencers and asked what is going on in you know, where are you getting your ideas from? Where are you checking? Who's your favorite influencer? And so like the, the few things, there's like four key things that I thought were pretty awesome in this, in this survey. One was there's an influencer's influencer, meaning who do you like? It was the question, who do you like the most? And it was Ida Dominic uh, or Dolce Ida. Um, go check her out. Very interesting. Couple million followers on Instagram. And um, the male, the most male, the most popular male influencer was Prince Palau. Palau. I have never heard of either of these, so it was really interesting to see their accounts and uh, get introduced to the influencers. Influencers. Um, when asked, "What's your favorite social media platform for inspiration and ideas?" I think you know number one. It's Instagram. But the second and third were fascinating to me. Second was Pinterest, and third was Twenty One Buttons. Absolutely new to me. Um, so that was really cool to see that. And it was, it was quite a sizable chunk um, for second and third. So uh, not really. Like, I mean, it was much less than 25%. But like really interesting that uh, Pinterest is up there for influencers as well. Um, and that was the sponsor of this week, uh, Fashion Influencer Survey from Social Publi. Fantastic, fantastic uh, piece of insight into the industry. Um, the next is actually part four of the state of Instagram marketing. Um, this is uh, a fantastic ep epic piece of content that's happening. Um, they sort of releasing, I think, the sort of anal analysis of their work of the state of Instagram marketing. And this one was all about Instagram analytics. And what I found cool is that in response to the question, how useful do you find Instagram's native analytics data for your strategic planning? The majority indicated that they're only somewhat useful for their purposes. Um, this is exactly why I created Creator Growth Lab. So creatorgrowthlab.com, um, go check it out. If you have an Instagram account, go sign up right now. It's free right now. It will be that will be changing probably uh, end of this month. Um, but creatorgrowthlab.com is meant to uh, keep tabs on, keep track of your follower growth and what you do to gain that growth. So if you're using one tactic, two tactics, three tactics, um, you know which one is 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 happening. Which one is actually helping you the most, and and which what are you doing that's not helping you? Like which hashtags are you using on a consistent basis yet not helping you? Um, CreatorGrowthLab.com is going to help you solve that. Um, we're adding new features literally every week. Um, editing tactics, adding tactics, new guides, new everything. Um, I think this week or next week is like milestones, so you'll be able to track like growth over course of many um, months, but not just in, in version of time, So, but in actual numbers. So you'll be able to see like when you pass certain um, 
statistically important um, um, milestones. So um, moving on to brands are putting Instagram content on their own sites. And according to Curaly, when brands bring Instagram or lifestyle content to their website, consumers spend 250% longer on the site. And consumers who view the content convert at a 140% higher rate than shoppers who don't. This is actually like good and bad news for influencers and Instagram content. So what one thing is we sort of know that like influencer content perform engages higher. Um, and so there is a influx and, and fantastic influx of brands using more and more influencer content on their own uh, pages and in their sites. I find this problematic if um, the, uh, content is not ab absolutely actually gotten the rights to by the um, uh, by, by brands. Um, it can cause a lot of st stress and strife for influencers who feel like they're being taken advantage of because they you know were paid to do a post, but then that post is now put somewhere else. Um, but let's assume that that's a separate issue and realize that like this is all good if brand more and more brands want to put content on and it actually converts put more content on their websites then they they want even better converting content and that's going to be influencer creator driven content um fantastic right like great 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 news these are huge numbers and the industry will catch up um, it's a matter of each and every brand making their own decision of, of what they're putting on there, who, who they're getting it from, how they're getting it, how much they're going to pay for it. But if this content is converting on their site, then, then there's no reason they should not pay. Um, speaking of, of good and bad on um, challenges, uh, so transgender creators find a home on YouTube, but challenges remain. This was a... Fantastic piece of journalism. One of the best um, I've seen in a while where they uh, took a lot of different um, opinions and put them together in a really readable way. Um, I just picked out a few that I just thought were like great insights is creator Reed Wetmore said YouTube has been a lifeline for the trans community. Life, that's a pretty major statement. Uh, Darnell Motley, researcher for LGBTQ health at the University of Chicago CI3 initiative is concerned that demonetization could discourage trans creators from continuing their work. Yes. Um, Ash Hardell for YouTube to age restrictive video. It cuts young people off from important education. Yes, that's correct. Um, Ty Turner, trans creator said YouTube was where he learned what being trans was in the first place, right? You need to see what you feel like, what you see, uh, what you feel like modeled in, in people, right? This is for every marginalized uh, part, uh, part of uh, the population. There's huge um, movements forward when you have a model um, to, to model yourself that actually feels like you and talks like you and like is you. Um, so uh, Aaron and Sweeney, a uh, trans creator who discusses disability, mental health, and art on his YouTube, YouTube channel said posting on the platform has helped his self-esteem and confidence. Yes, I've, I've heard this too, that, that uh, you know, YouTube is a community-driven um, 
uh, act of, of video content creation. It's not broadcasting. There, there are broadcasters there, but uh, when you find a community, because it's a search engine, right? Because people are searching for something and they find it, uh, they find you, they find the creator. And so this is, yeah, that's really good. Um, my per, in my personal um, life, I've, I've, I've had my self-esteem and confidence shattered because of the uh, of YouTube, but that is a different story. Um, I should probably, it's, it's like a different kind of content. Again, like broadcasters, I think your, your self-esteem and confidence is just like, ter- like terrifyingly cut down. But if you're there for community, if you're there to actually connect with like single digits of people or dozens of people, like YouTube's a fantastic place where like it could be, it's the sometimes the only place you can congregate with people like you. Um, and then the the, the, uh, the exclamation point or the question mark at the end of YouTuber Cat Black says, being monetized is a blessing. It's not a guarantee. Um, yeah, this was an awesome uh, piece of journalism. I, I picked out the ones that I thought were the most interesting. Um, but be sure to read this article. It, it is fantastic and shows um, that communities, even, even small communities, continue to be uh, full of, of, of completely different uh, viewpoints. Um, and and I, I think this this last one, uh, being monetized as a blessing, it's not a guarantee, is something every YouTuber should keep in mind and every content creator, right? Like we are at the disposable, we are at the behest of, of platforms, right? Whatever's better for platforms and, and their, and their um, uh, users sometimes trumps what's uh, better for creators. Uh, but but that has waves. They all have waves. Um, you know what? I, I'm still looking for. If you are listening to this and you know about it, please uh, give me a holler. Um, for ASMR content, there's Get Tingles. Um, I'd love to see if there's any other kind of um, curated uh, places for content. You know, like Prohibited is sort of a, a, a weed tube is like for cannabis. If you know of a, a specified niche uh, um, app or platform um, for some type of marginalized people uh, or uh, population, please let me know. I'd love to hear more about it and feature it in the newsletter. Um, next up, um, speaking of a niche community, but that's actually the biggest is beauty influencers. So YouTube invests in augmented reality for beauty influencers. And um, what I thought about this, what, what I thought was actually interesting was that in testing, YouTube found that 30% of viewers tried uh, AR beauty try on feature and spent roughly 80 seconds virtually trying on lipstick colors. Wow. Like that's actually like, seems like a long time to me. Um, that's like a good, what, minute and a half on average. And that's not in, in viewing, right? Augmented reality, a try on feature is, is doing is action. Um, you know, pairing that with video, audio, AR, um, looks to be like, yeah, this is, this is much better than VR, much more interesting. And, and I'm really excited to see what other, um, AR kind of stuff comes out. And they said that Mac Cosmetics will be the first brand to use the AR beauty try-on. So Stellar's travel influencer, digital tour leaves Irish eyes smiling is the uh, article title. 
But what it was is actually about a, um, it's called a digital day in the life of Ireland. And it was all shot on April 28th. And it was uh, non-Irish social media influencers whom Stella recruited um, to go and take pictures in on one day, uh, on exactly one day. Uh, and this is fantastic. It was um, also specifically they used uh, Creator IQ um, to track uh, the millions of influencers and the performance of their uh, deals. Um, I don't think they meant track millions of influencer. Maybe it was influencer impressions. <laughs> I don't think it were millions of influencers here. Um, but yeah, this was fantastic. Uh, taking photos all in one day, curating them in this uh, way is awesome. Uh, InstaShop, how Instagram wants to connect the dots from users to retailers. So this is Adam Mosseri, uh, and he stressed that shopping was a long-term plan that would require significant infrastructure. Instagram needed to work with payment providers in each country. Um, buyer protection features and inventory systems management integration would also need to be introduced. That was so, like, to me, that was incredibly interesting in showing that, like, Instagram does have a long-term plan for shopping. It is moving from an um, inspirational to a transactional um, platform. Yeah, like, they need, they need to step into this realm so that they're, they can increase their ad revenue, but also not just increase the ad revenue, but increase uh, in different revenue streams, right? Um. You know, as, as Instagram will at one point slow down growth, they need to make more money from their existing uh, users. So, yeah, they're doing more stuff on Instagram, doing more stuff, buying stuff directly off of Instagram. Yeah, this is, this is where they're going to go in the next couple of years. If you're not making content that is transactionable, um, consider how you could. And um, if you're in the transactional industry, then good on you and just keep making it better. Um, a few headlines of the week that I think just the headline gives you all the information you know is that ByteDance gathers a billion monthly users across all of its apps. Way to go, ByteDance. Uh, Cameo raises $50 million in a seed, uh, BC, Series B round. And they also announced they've hosted 275,000 video shout-outs in the last two years. Uh, Cameo does video shout-outs. Um, if, if you are utilizing them, please let me know, and it would be awesome to hear some feedback on uh, creator side. Um, next up is Takumi expands to eight countries. They added five countries, so they were in three. Now they're in eight. Um, added five new countries Big, big, big movements. And finally, the headline that didn't make the cut, that I cut out, that I hated, but now I'm going to share with you, is um, the Influencer Surprise Wedding. So this is really funny because some journalist, a journalist had actually gotten a hold of the deck. And so there was a deck involved. And I thought it was like a really nice, and, and why I didn't include it was because I, I thought like, this is pretty normal to me. It's like, oh, you're going to do this thing. You know it's going to not necessarily go viral, but it, it's going to have a good amount of engaged audience. Like, And if you're an influencer and your entire job is made off of promotions, right, you want to get products promoted. And sometimes in this way, like there's no way for some brands to know when the, when there's a um, 
engagement happening, right? Like how if you're in the engagement world or in wedding world, like it is very timely and it's very hard for you to get noticed in your product placement, right? So this was like a great opportunity for some brands, but then the journalists were like, oh, the, because it was couched in like a surprise, right? And now, now everyone knows it's a fake surprise. Um, I think if it wasn't like if, if they took that term surprise away and maybe like, like said, it's going to be this engaging scavenger hunt or something like then it would have been fantastic. Like no, it wouldn't have made headlines. Right. So, um, this really taught me a little bit of messaging and a little bit of just, you know, that like extra little care in how you pitch what you're going to do as a creative project. Um, if you're a creator out there or you work with creators, sharing them with this, with sharing with them, them, this is fantastic and have an open dialogue of like what could be done differently, what should be done differently to make it better and, and, and actually make some money off of it. But also, um, for your audience, make it a little bit better and less inauthentic. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, this has been another episode of Influence Weekly, The Takeaway. Uh, please enjoy the rest of your commute and uh, check back next week. Bye.